Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Oh, there's so much happening in hockey right now. Just so, so much. Uh, well, you know, Phil Kessel's going to be eating hot dogs out on the strip. Uh, that's something. Tage Thompson and Hade Hodgson, two different people, uh, really had to really had to parse those headlines the other day. It's like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Oh, okay. Totally different team, totally different guy. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, eh, not a whole lot going on. But we have a show for you. Oh, yes, we do. As we do every week, even during this uh, eventful and depressing off season. So let's get right to it. Uh, let's lead it off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. Yeah, I had three links yesterday. <laughs> we're really, really struggling. What were they? <laughs> I don't even remember. It was like, One of them um, was the House of the Dragon spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I should just start talking about television until hockey comes back. Go right ahead. I have no nothing. one cares, <laughs> <laughs> including the people. I will say, I did want to say. Um, while I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea for anyone to buy tickets. I kind of hope the building's empty. I like what they're doing with this four pack. It's just a. It's interesting. It's a good idea. Like, in theory, yeah, it's cool. So, the like, monthly pass. $25 tickets, great idea. The idea of it being a monthly pass, great idea. Um, like most things the Flyers do, they kind of fucked it in the execution, I think, a little bit. I think it could have been better. First of all, the idea that they could put you in the assembly room seems real uh, dumb. Like I did not just... Well, there's in the like, details, yeah. Like the, they won't guarantee where your ticket's going to be. It could be in the assembly room, and like which one's the assembly room? The it's one that's the, all it's the, the nice way upstairs, place. all the way upstairs, oh. standing room only. The one that's like, like the opposite of the press box. It's here's quite the nice. thing. Honestly, I guess they they no, have God. to say that. But guess what? The building's going to be fucking empty. I know, but can't you see them just putting people up there anyway? Like I totally can. And honestly, the whole point of this should be to like minimize the 
horrifying optics of an empty lower bowl, which we're definitely going to see. Um, but based on uh, the reactions to it, uh, everyone hates it anyway. So well, I think, of course. I, I mean, I turned off the replies. Oh, that was yeah. such, oh my God. I don't know. Listen, social media person for the Flyers, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you do, but if you are, don't ever do that again. Like, I understand why you thought it was a good idea. It was a bad idea. See, I, I, I guess, I guess my thing at this point, and this is hi, it's Charlie. Um, like oh, hey, there is, there is literally nothing they can do that is not going to piss people off. There's nothing. There is nothing they could do in terms of like, like off ice stuff. Everything yeah. they post, everything they promote, people are going to be angry at. It's just, yeah, it's just it, the reality yeah. of the situation. There is, they, yes. they, they, they could literally be giving out tickets for free and people would make fun of them for it and say it's the worst because it shows how pathetic the franchise is that people aren't going to, aren't, that, that, that the team can't even get people to come to games free. There, is, there are zero things the Flyers could do that won't piss people off right now. I know, but you, you got to let people say that to you. Like, you, you can't yeah. just... I, you Does every do. post need to say fire Chuck Fletcher when it's just like, hey, here's some fucking $25 tickets? I mean, mute the thread if you don't want to read them. But, like, first of all, it's your whole ass job. And second of all, like, all you did was make people more mad at you by turning off the replies. It was just not but, a like, good idea. But if they if they announce that there's going to be one promotion this year and it's at all 41 home games, Gritty is going to have a fucking money gun that <laughs> fires $100 bills into the crowd, people would make fun of that. Yes. So they yeah. would say fire Chuck Fletcher. They would. They, so, would, they like, would say, "See, like, look at look. They this would never happen under Ed Snyder." <laughs> yeah. Oh God, Ed Snyder never would have given anyone money. Are you kidding me? Not a poor person. Well, yeah, no, the Republican Party would. But <laughs> yeah, we'll, not a poor we'll person. Talk about that. Yeah. And from theAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So, kind of as a follow-up to what Bill implied earlier, in that there's really not a lot to talk about right now. I, I want to make this point. So I am currently on the NHL homepage for Yahoo Sports. And fourth from the top in terms of headlines is Flyers re-sign Wade Allison to two-year contract. Now, again, like let, me, l- let me be clear. This is the NHL. This isn't the Flyers. This is the NHL homepage. Now, I like Wade Allison, okay? I think Wade Allison could be quite a good NHL player. So I am interested in things related to Wade Allison. That said, Wade Allison turns 25 years old in a month and a half. He has played all of 15 NHL games, and he is the fourth from the top in terms of headlines on the NHL Yahoo page. That should show you how little is going on right now. Charlie, I can't. I can't even think about like this guy who like in my mind is a highly touted prospect. It's like, no, he's fucking 25. <laughs> like, I don't even want to think about that. It's too depressing. <laughs> but seriously, like that's how little is going on right now in hockey. No, in that it's... like like Wade Allison, his contract extension is still on the homepage on Yahoo Sports NHL when in reality there is no reason for anyone that is not a diehard Flyers fan to know who Wade Allison is. No, there's there's 32 teams in the league and I couldn't tell you who the 31 other Wade Allisons are. You know, <laughs> like and I follow this a lot, you know, I'm in the upper 1% of people following hockey. Uh people know more than me, but like, you know, it's a it's a small group, so I'm going to put myself in that 1%. Uh it's 
And that was last week. It's not like that happened today. Yeah, right. <laughs> we talked about it. We talked about it on the last show. Uh, and here it still is as a headline. I didn't know there was still a Yahoo Sports, so that's good at least to know. Uh, I think they fired everybody. <laughs> I could well, explain it. Who amongst us? <laughs> I uh, I was I was given the leaks a look before I was like, well, before we record today, uh, let me just give it a look. I actually have no idea what Steph's dealing with right now, but I'm sure it's a lot of fun. Um, so my idea for today's show is to have some predictions. Uh, now we're still over a month out. Uh, home opener is, uh, what, October 13th against the Devils? That was one thing that I saw. I saw the home opener was in that four-pack. And I was like, ooh. Smart. I mean, ooh. That's, that's smart. No, like, it should yeah. be. It's just, like, you would think, you know, yeah. the Phillies, when they're bad, there's still a lot of people at opening day. Because yeah. it's opening day. Um, well, it's not going to be great. <laughs> it's no. not going to be. But hey, Flyers, if you want to get at least a small band of people, I know you're listening. Have some PSH nights. Yeah. Just give saying. us some tickets, fam. We yeah. will get you people and, to take them. You and Clear Rum could join up. Uh, have a little, uh, have a little thing going on. Clear Pay Rum. Us and the official we'll rum of PSH Radio. Yeah. I think it's actually delicious. I've heard I had the a Orange Crush drink is really good. I have to try these uh, these beverages. I got to yeah. try to get hooked up with the sponsorship again. Uh, see if anyone's paying attention at SB Nation before they tell me shh, I can't shh, take sponsorships shh. again. No, you're saying the quiet part out loud. Be quiet. They don't. They don't <laughs> listen to us. Come on. They got enough to deal with. Uh, so I'm gonna do the uh, I'm gonna do the team predictions, the team award predictions here, and just for funsies, I want to start with the Barry Ashby Trophy, the best defenseman. Uh, Travis Sanheim won last year after Ivan Provorov won the previous two. Uh, kind of a revamped defense, I guess. Uh, with the is it though? Ac- no, that's that was the joke I was gonna okay. get to with the acquisition of Tony D'Angelo, and oh yeah, it's all the same guys. Well, they, I mean, they lost Keith Yandel, yeah. which is huge. As I said, is he they, still they, unsigned? They're replacing Keith Yandel with Cam York, which would be a praiseworthy move if it wasn't a move they could have done at any time the previous season. Any point, <laughs> any point. Has Cam York signed yet? Or Cam, ex- he, has Keith has Keith Yandel signed yet? I am pretty sure that Keith Yandel is not going to be signed by Shockingly, no. That is an affront to the hockey world that they would shut this veteran out of the league blackballing him just for being the worst player in hockey. Yeah. It's unbelievable How a veteran they? who was a veteran who was the worst player in hockey Despicable. last year isn't getting another chance. Truly, truly disgraceful. Uh so the Barry Ashby trophy surprisingly did not go to Keith Yandel last year. Although maybe he was the one who understood the assignment better than anybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Cutter Gauthier, thanks a lot. Thank you very much, Keith Yandel. Uh I, I'm just going to go out and say it. It's going to be Tony D, baby. Tony D'Angelo is going to put up like 60 points. And here we go. Barry Ashby Trophy. D'Angelo forever enshrined in Flyers history. It could happen. It could. I mean, it's not out of the realm. I just, I don't Which think he's going to score hilarious. a ton of points. Because I think the idea no. that Tony D'Angelo is going to fix the power play is utterly insane. Like... I, I think the, the idea, and I'm not saying he won't help because 
yet he can't be worse than Ivan Provorov on that power play. But that said, like believing that a defenseman without an overpowering slap shot is going to single-handedly fix your power play is a fundamental misunderstanding of what actually makes power plays work, which is dynamic forwards who run the fucking thing. So, based on my prediction, I could be the general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, the idea that they don't understand what makes a power play work in 2022 is extremely believable. I mean, they were at 10% last year, so, yeah. Yeah. Like, Um, it's just, I mean, D'Angelo will help. He's a much better distributor. He's got better vision than Proveroff offensively by a lot. Like, York will probably be the other guy, I would think. Maybe they'll still stick Proveroff on there because reasons. But, like, D'Angelo's going to be on on one of the power plays, probably power play one. So he'll help. But the thing is, is, like, who's the distributor? Like, you can't, the thing with a guy up top is a guy up top, all he can do, really, is shoot, set up tips, and then distribute to the guys on the left wall and the right wall. And then the guy mm-hmm. on the left wall or the right wall has to be the guy who actually passes the puck to, you know, the guys who score the goals. So D'Angelo, I mean, like a really good <laughs> power play defenseman is probably going to get a lot of secondary assists because, like, he feeds Drew, who then yeah. feeds, you know, Scott Hartnell or feeds... Braden Shen. Like, that's what happens. And they don't have Claude Giroux anymore. Really, they haven't had the great version of Claude Giroux on the power play for about three, four, five years. Now they don't even have the lesser version of Claude Giroux. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't see how the power play is going to get a lot better because I don't know, unless like Morgan Frost takes a ginormous leap. (laughs) Like, that's about, that's the only pathway I can see because he's the only real distributor in theory that they have who could potentially run a power play. Like, that's it. TK did have 36 assists last year, uh, which led the team. But that's not what's going to improve this power play, Charlie. Oh, what is it? I think think we're seriously underestimating contract year JVR. The last time JVR was up... The last time JVR was up for a fucking contract, he scored 37 goals. He hasn't sniffed 30 since. This is what he's gonna do. I'm not saying it's 37. I bet you it's 32. It would be real, real... Like, it would honestly be hilarious if JVR had had a massive season. That would be so funny. It'll be so funny. And there will be people that'll be like, see? That's why we shouldn't have given him up for Johnny. Good that we kept him. There's not a person alive who fixed that. Chuck Fletcher I, is the only one. <laughs> yeah, Chuck Fletcher is the only one. I, yeah. I, I just don't think JVR is as good as he was, you know, six no. years ago when he had that, that, that amazing year. Nor is he on nearly as good of a team. Like, wasn't he on a line with, like, Mitch Marner? Probably. Probably. I don't even. Sure. No, no. He actually, he was with. He was. They, he, he, he was, was with Kadri. Uh, yeah. No, he wasn't with Kadri. He was with Bozak. No. They had really good chemistry. That's it was, what it was. It and, was and he was also yeah. on the on the big power play that scored all the goals. Um. Yeah. I just yeah. don't see it. But hey, it'd be real funny because JVR at this point, like his mere existence, is funny because number one, yeah. so many people irrationally hate him. And now those people have an even bigger reason to irrationally hate him because the inability to get rid of him is the, a big reason why they don't have Goudreau. 
So, like, the JVR hate, which was already way too high, is now going to be through the roof. The only thing that might save JVR is just the fact that so few people give a shit anymore. But the people who do are going to utterly despise him. And, I, I mean, I feel yeah. bad for JVR in that sense because he's never deserved that degree of hate. He was not good no, last like year, good to be guy. clear. But, like, he's a good dude, and he's a useful player, but he just can never get over the fact that, A, he's not Patrick Kane, B, he doesn't play yeah. physical despite the fact that he's big. The biggest he did, sin. He did, he did lead the team in goals last year with 24. Again, hilarious. Uh, I know, it's so fucking funny. It really is. Uh, and that gets us to our... Uh, did everyone give a pick here? No, I don't think any of us gave picks. Did anyone give a pick? No. no. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm going to go with the chalk <laughs> pick, and I'm going to say Prove Rough. Um, yeah. Just because... And, like, this is something you have to you have to worry about with Sanheim, and we'll get to this later in the show. Like, there's a chance that he could be the Flyers' best defenseman and then not finish the season as but a But he's flyer. not here, yeah. Like, it's yep. possible that if they try to work out an extension with him and they realize the same thing they realized with Gujar, which is... Oh shit, if you give money to guys like Ristolainen and D'Angelo, you suddenly don't have the money to sign back the actually good players. Mm-hmm. They may realize that around like February and then have to trade Sanheim because they just can't afford him. Now, that's, I think they oh, want to I think they want to bring Sanheim back. I also think they wanted to get Gujro. They just couldn't. So it's certainly <laughs> possible. <laughs> Do they not like do they not have access to cap friendly? Like they might not know it exists. <laughs> they, I remember a few years ago when it was brought up to the commissioner. Like, do you think a a, a league run version of that website would be something? He's, I don't think there's any interest from fans in something like that. No. Like maybe there's no interest in management to actually know. Okay, if we're spending this much then we can't spend this like I mean it's simple addition and subtraction. It's a hard cap. Uh, but uh, we've well, we, been we, went, we went into this offseason. We've been one through of it ad nauseum. One of the low-key things that we talked about, I mean, at this point it doesn't look like it's going to happen, was the, the idea that, like, well, you know, it's possible that Ivan Provorov could get traded. And one of the reasons, and there were a few, but one of the reasons why it was a possibility was that, well, they may at some point have to choose between Provorov and Sanheim. And instead of choosing, they're just choosing to not choose. And I guess wait, because that works real well all the time. It's good to wait. It gives you a lot of options when you the when funny you back up thing, against the wall. The funny thing is going to be when Sanheim isn't traded, he wins the Ashby and then walks. And they lose and they get nothing. nothing. That would be oh, yeah. God. That's what's going to happen. Like... Oh, in all likelihood. The, the thing that they have going for them with Sanheim is that my understanding is that Sanheim definitely wants to come back. Like he, Why? For, what, for whatever reason, Hockey he really, really, be- he, he likes his teammates. He really believes in this organization. Now that could change with another year where they're just absolutely dreadful. But for now, I think Sanheim wants to be part of the solution here. So he could cut them a little bit of a break. But there's limits to how much of a break you're willing to cut a team, particularly when the team is bad. Don't like, do it. He gets zero power play time, and they've strapped him to fucking Rasmus Ristolainen, and he's like, yep, this is where I want to be. <laughs> yeah, but he likes Ristolainen. They all like Ristolainen. He's a good Everyone, dude. I'm sure he's great. He's it's a just bad that, hockey player. You know, he's not particularly good at yeah. the NHL level. There's just that. Yeah, 
I just maybe anyway. they're all just maybe no one knows what the fuck's going on, and that's why no one's any good. So hmm. you two both have Provorov. You yeah. two both have Provorov. I mean, he's he won the last two. He I, is the quote unquote number one. Uh, I just feel like if he has anything remotely resembling a decent year, yes. he'll just get it. Got him by default. Yes. Yeah. That's my yeah. thing. I, I feel like if Tony D'Angelo is actually successful here, it will be because Provorov isn't garbage anymore, and that'll get and him the Ashby. I have acknowledged the possibility that while, like, yeah, Tony D sucks at defense, and Provorov just has not been uh, what we thought he was going to be. I wanted to say himself, but at this point, he's had more not-himself seasons than the good ones, so I guess that might be who he is. There is a, a world in which they are the perfect complement to each other because what does Provorov need? A puck mover, and that's what D'Angelo does. And Provorov is a defensive defenseman. It's what he's best at. So it's possible that it works out. So yeah, either one, I'm going to pick Tony... I'm going to pick Tony D'Angelo because I just think it'll be so goddamn funny. Um, it, like, it's almost a guarantee he goes home with some sort of trophy here. Oh, God, uh, yes. The MVP, the Bobby Clark trophy. <laughs> Cam, Atkin Cam, Atkinson, Cam Atkinson won last year, scoring 23 goals, ending Couturier's three-peat. He won the last three. Uh, before that, it would, it's been all Giroux since 2011. There are a couple of Voracek seasons in there. And I think one Wayne Simmons season, but you can guess who the MVP has been for the last decade. Now it's uh, it's kind of up in the air because they don't even have many players of value. Uh, <laughs> last year's leading scorers, Travis Konechny had 52 points and 36 assists. JVR, 24 goals. Atkinson, 23 goals. Who do we see winning the MVP this year? If your prediction comes true, then it's going to be JVR. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if J if JVR scores 36 goals, he'll be the team MVP. If yeah. he scores 36 goals and they can't move him at the deadline, I will uh, fucking lose my mind. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, if he has four goals in the first week, uh, in the first month, uh, show him the door. <laughs> I mean, to, okay, so to me, there's not a lot of things about this upcoming season that I'm optimistic about with regards to the Philadelphia Flyers. One thing I am optimistic about is I am optimistic that Sean Couturier will come back and be Sean Couturier again. And if Sean Couturier comes back and is still Sean Couturier, he will run away with this because yes. like, it's basically just going to be that like whoever's on a line with Couturier will be fine and the rest of the team is going to be flailing around, like probably. He is, he is the MVP by default if... Uh... If he comes back and he's some semblance of Selkie Couture. Yeah. I mean, he's a really good player. He's not, he's probably not like an elite player, but he's a really good player. And I think he's going to come back and still be a really good player. And if he is, there's no one else in this team, you know, maybe with the exception of Carter Hart, who has the kind of ceiling that Sean Couture has in terms of like a plausible outcome. Like maybe you could argue a Joel Farabee breakout, but Guess what? Joel Farabee's well, coming yeah. back from an injury. So, like, who His knows? Neck work. Yeah, like, who yeah. knows? I mean, apparently he's skating. He's doing those, like, informal practices, which is great. But, like, they've sort of made it clear that they're going to take it easy with him. So, my guess is he'll miss some time. He probably will, you know, like, 
have a slowest start because he's working himself back into shape, which again, not because he's lazy, but because like there's only so much workouts you can do in the summer when you're recuperating from neck surgery, like logically. Disc replacement surgery. Yes. Um, Jimmy Couturier, like as long as Couturier comes back and is reasonably close to what he was pre-back injury, I think he runs away with this. There's just no one else. He's the only really good player that they have, so yeah. I am going to go with the guy Charlie said is the only one with a comparable ceiling, and it's Carter Hart. And it's partially Mm. because I'm not confident in Sean Couturier staying healthy for the season. But more so, uh, as we've laid out many times, there is no backup goalie. And just by the idea that they're going to lose every time Carter Hart doesn't start, that makes him the MVP. They yeah. only win when he plays. I mean, look. I think. Look, if if the Flyers are, are good next year, or at least, <laughs> like, competitive to try to make the playoffs, like, it's going to be because Carter Hart had a great year. Like, because goaltending erases and solves a yeah. lot of problems. Now, I mean, look, there's there's another thing here that is kind of an elephant in the room. And to be clear, I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but, like, there is this Hockey Canada thing. And, like, oh, we yeah. don't know Shit. one way or the other if Carter Hart was involved. But, like, yeah. that's looming over everything. That it was is. a big you can't you, you can't fully ignore it. And, like, as I said, I am not accusing anyone of anything because we just don't know. I mean, Hart has not made yeah. a statement. We just don't know. But, like, we have no idea how this is going to play out. So, mm-hmm. I just don't know. I, I mean, and look, like, I mean, even setting aside, like, even if, even if Carter Hart wasn't at all involved with this, he wasn't there, whatever. We don't know the details. But, like, that's, that's going to be a, a, a question that's going to come up immediately when he gets to camp. And it's possible that even if he wasn't involved, that that could be proved to be a distraction for him. Like, even if he's completely and totally not involved. Like, there, there's this is going to be a weird year for everyone that was even tangentially related to that situation. And that's assuming that, like, it doesn't, that more stuff doesn't come out, which it very well could. And I'm just, as I said, not accusing Carter Hart of anything. I'm just saying that it's the reality of the situation, that this is an awful, awful situation. And... There very well could be more that develops with regards to this. I totally blanked on that situation. Totally forgot. Um, I just woke up. But (laughs) it's a prediction show, so it doesn't really matter. Go back and listen to these predictions. I don't care. Uh, I'm I'm sticking with Carter Hart um, just because they're going to lose every time he doesn't play. And to me, that means he he must be the MVP. Uh, just in terms of leading scorers. Now, I, I want to get back to the JVR thing just real quick. It's, it, Charlie brought up, you know, there's already so much, you know, disdain for JVR in the fan base for whatever reason. It's just insane that he's fucking back. Like, a guy, it's like you broke up with your significant other, and then the next day they're like in the kitchen. Yeah, you st- you can't you couldn't we move had out all, yet. We had all divorced our like, oh, JVR is not coming back. Like they're gonna buy him out. They're gonna trade him. They're gonna cover half a salary. Whatever they have to do, JVR will no longer be part of this team. I thought there was a zero point zero percent possibility that well, he was a Philadelphia Flyer, and here we are. 
James Van Riemsdyk. And let, many people know I am not one of the JVR haters. Uh, he was fucking horrible last year. Uh, and they needed to get rid of him because he makes way too much money in the final year of this deal. But I, I just thought there was no chance he was back. Zero. And yet, here he is. And here he's he gonna, is. Like, like, he's line one left wing again? Gotta like, be. Who, who else? else? Yeah. <laughs> who else is even in the conversation? Well, Especially with the injuries. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, you've got, you got Farabee out. He's just so he's so not a line one left winger, mm-hmm. and everyone else they have isn't where they're supposed to be either. Yeah. I mean, Konechny, I guess, could play the left, especially yeah. like especially if, especially if like Wade Allison has a great camp. Maybe you move Konechny over to the left, and you roll with Atkinson, Tippett, and Allison as your your top nine right wingers. Like, I guess you could do that. Like that could be done. Especially if I mean, obviously, if Farabee doesn't make, you know, can't can't start the season because of uh, his recovery. Yeah, I mean, I, he's probably on that top line, I guess, to start the year because that presumably that would be Farabee's spot with Couturier. But well, yeah, I had a fun thought that um, an extremely this version of the Flyers thing to happen would be like Hayden Hodgson making the team over Wade Allison. <laughs> I mean, Hayden like, Hodgson making making the team like over Noah Cates, you know that that's that seems over like anyone a, that Charles. seems like a very the Hayden Hodgson thing. It's like my understanding of the Hayden Hodgson thing, and like, look, he's he's honestly he's a fun story, and yeah. he seems like a good kid. So I don't want to rip on it. And like, hey, he could be he could be more than he seems to be. But it seems like the Hayden Hodgson thing is driven by two things. Number one, everybody in the league is salivating over Tanner Janot in Nashville. The fact that he's big, and he scores goals, and he fights, and every team wants to find their version of Tanner Janot. And Hayden Hodson kind of has a similar backstory, and he fights and he hits, and he can skate a bit. So, like, they want to dig up their Tanner Janot. Number two... Ian LaPerriere fucking loves Hayden Hodson. Well, and he's go. he's got great judgment as a coach, so it's, it's very good season. to listen to him. Great, ju- great judgment as a shot blocker, great yeah. judgment as a coach. Next French hero. Many people are I, saying it. I, I, I just... You know what? Honestly, I hope Hodgson makes the team, because you're tell, telling me he fights, and if that's the case, I want to see at least 82 fights this year. That's the minimum. 82 fights, Flyers. Uh, and that'll help us get to that total. I want at least one a game. Sorry, I derailed us with my nonsense. No, I mean, like, no, look, it's absolutely it's, fine. They hired John Tortorella as head coach, and they re-signed Rasters to line, and, and they signed Nick DeLore to a four-freaking-year contract. Like, it's very clear <laughs> that this is a priority of the whole toughness and hard-to-play-against shit, and <sighs> Hayden Hodson does fit that idea in terms of the fact that he's big, and he hits, and he's a power-forward type. So, yes, I would not rule out the possibility right. of Hayden Hodson making this team out of camp. Chuck Fletcher keeps naming One it. hundo happening. Like, every time we talk to Chuck Fletcher I, and Chuck yes. Fletcher talks about the young guys, he keeps including Hayden Hodson. They really They're like Hayden Hodson. Uh, like, God bless. Uh, what is, <laughs> I can't bring up his age because I have the page. Uh, I think he's he? like 26, isn't he? No, nah, he's I like 20. He's young. Hodgson, 19, March 2nd, 1996. 
I have no yeah, idea. That's how so he's twenty six. Offensive to me. Yeah, so personally. he's twenty six. So he's he, he's he's about to be exiting his prime. Nineteen ninety six uh, was ten years ago, so I don't think the math adds up there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem to make any sense. That's, something came up today. I was talking to my mom, and uh, like she's, I was like, "Yeah, well, we got that when I was a freshman in high school." She goes, "Yeah, about twenty years ago." I said, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> You're dead to me, Mom. You yeah. never speak to me never again. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so who, assuming, let's just assume the team on paper right now, plus, you know, the guys from injury coming back, but assuming everyone's here all year, JVR, Sanheim, etc. Yes. Who leads the team in points? Who leads the team in goals? I could see TK being points again. Because I do feel like he'll get a lot of assists. I'm still going to go Gaturier. All right. I'm going to go Gaturier points. goals. But I could see TK. I think Atkinson leads the team in goals. Hmm. Because he would have led the team in goals last year if he wouldn't have played injured the final month of the year. Well, I mean, if he wouldn't have gotten injured, I guess. Because if he would have sat out, then he certainly wouldn't have led the team in goals. But I think Atkinson is the best goal scorer on this team. That's true. Farabee would have the potential, but I think he's going to have a slow start and won't play to start the year. Um, so I'll go Atkinson for goals. I, in all honesty, and I know like people hate on him now because people hate on everybody on this team now. I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility. In fact, like, look, there's no way to bet on this because who the heck's betting on the Flyers prop bets at this point? I think Travis Connecticut <laughs> could easily lead the team in goals. I mean, you're talking about a guy who... Yeah. He shot 7% last season. He's not going to shoot 7% again. He, there, I could easily see him having a goal bounce back. I could see that too. In fact, like, I'm not going to say, oh, I expect it, but yeah, it's totally, this is what happens. This is what always happens. We give up on these guys and then they, they do something and they're right. Oh, well, yeah, TK, he's right back where we thought he was. Um, like, I think, Ultimately, Travis Konechny is an awesome second-line player, and he's going to get time, I assume, with Sean Couturier, and that means he's going to be in the offensive zone a lot, and he's pretty good there. He's pretty good when he gets there. Uh, 36 assists last year in a team that didn't score any fucking goals. Um, he, He could be, I guess, the Dark Horse MVP candidate, like the one none of us brought up. Like, Couturier has mm-hmm. the high-end uh, potential just as a, you know, two-way forward, Selkie candidate, all that stuff. Probably the... Ca- ah, I forgot to ask Charlie who the captain's going to be. Damn it. Next oh, week. Oh, god damn it. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, but TK has got to be right there just in terms of potential MVPs for this team because even in a down year last year, he was one of the best players on the team. Yeah. He's a good player. He's not a great player, but he's a good player. No. If you had a good team and he was on your second line, you'd be real fucking happy. But yep. guess what? They don't have a first line, so we hate everyone. Uh, that's I'm re- like As mad as I am at so many of the players, it, you know, it's hard to be mad at them for the Flyers thinking they're better than they are. It, it, You're not They're wrong. supposed to. They're supposed to. It would be like very, the, very bad if they thought that they were as bad as we think they are. <laughs> they're supposed no. They're supposed to just get more good players yeah. and put everyone in the role they're supposed to be in. They decided, oh, we had one of the worst seasons of franchise history. You know what we're gonna do? 
Not Run that. It back. We're going to have all the exact same guys back, except a year fucking older and more injured. Like, that's... Oh, yeah, we got guys coming back from surgery. We got guys going into surgery. We got all new medical anomalies happening. Same team. Same, uh, Tony D. Tony D. Tony D. You got family from South Philly. You're you're fucking here now. Yeah, brand new, brand new season. All right. Um, let's take the break here, and then <laughs> I forgot about that, and then we'll do the rest of this nonsense. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Welcome back, fam. How'd you like my lead into that break? I was thinking, like, I was thinking, okay, now set up the Britain now. Just, uh, just, <laughs> just end it. Just, just end it. Much like I'm gonna be thinking about the season by like Halloween. Um, the Gene Hart Memorial Trophy. The player who demonstrates the most heart. It was won most recently by hometown hero Zach McEwen. Uh, he's not from here. He's just my hero. Um, <laughs> Kapanen, LaPerriere, Ronaldo have all won it in the past, uh, but so have some star players. Uh, so it's kind of a, a toss-up on what they decide that this award really means. 100%. I, I think, Nick I think this, yes, I, I was going to say, I think this is a lock. This is Nick DeLaurier's award. Unless Nick DeLaurier gets hit by a bus, and then even <laughs> his odds might go up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be somehow how they justify. Well, he won the Hart Memorial. <laughs> no, not the not the not the Hart Trophy. The Gene Hart Memorial Award. No, like, no, it is one hundred percent his. Well, because here's the thing. Number one, he's gonna fight a lot. He's gonna win most of those fights because, objectively speaking, he's an awesome fighter. He's he an is, excellent he's fighter. He's yeah. an extremely tough, and he hits a lot of people. Like. <laughs> Like, he's generally behind the play, but when he people catches up hit. to the play, he's going to lay a hit. So people are going to like important. him. It's very important. People you are going to like him. I, he's going to be, gonna be oh. probably real bad at the actual hockey, but at the no stuff that care. wins, like, the Hart Award, he's going to be real good at. Yeah. I, you know, talking about the hard-to-play-against thing, so I'm looking up the different statistical leaders from last season and just seeing if we can come up with an hour's worth of content for the show, honestly. <laughs> and, you know, Rasmus was the lion who you know, made the team tougher, made them harder to play against. You know, he had like 36 penalty minutes. Like, no, <laughs> but, oh, you, no, you, you but know people I, are scared to get near him. So that's why he can't get You know what I just realized? Because, okay. This has to be done. He's 100 because, like, feet wide. Right, He's near everyone. All right. If, if this team is going to be bad, which they probably are, then we got to have some fun with this. So I just realized that Nick DeLaurier and Rasmus Ristolainen are former teammates. They were teammates for a good four years in Buffalo. So you know what this means? What this means is they are officially the Bash Brothers. And we need to print up shirts with Delorier and Ristolainen as the Pat Bash Henning. Brothers from D2. Pat Henning. I, I just, 
you know, when you have an opportunity to put the fucking 2017 Buffalo Sabres <laughs> together, you absolutely have to take it. But no, Del- Deloria and Ristolina, they are the Bash Brothers. That is who they are. We got to start this. Steph Driver, just, when you listen to this podcast, please initiate production remember, on this shirt. Do you remember, like, in the in the 90s, the, like, Legion of Doom, like, caricature ch- shirts that they had out? Like, it, it was all three of them, and it was, like, their faces, and it said stuff like, Powerline! And, like, I they really need to bring in, like... Some sort of vintage shirt with all these dudes. Delorier, Ristolainen, uh, Zach McEwen. Just, like, all the badass motherfuckers on this team. And, like, really lean into it. Like, I want, like, Might 90s well. vintage-looking, like, starter-style I mean, t-shirts. Let's, let's get real, real weird here. I'll buy it, Flyers. No, no, no. If no, you I, make no. it, I'll spend money. No, I, I'm, I'm going to bring you one better here. Let's get real <laughs> weird. And let's have, like, you know, in, like, March... Let's give Ristolainen an audition at center so we can have a Delorier, Ristolainen, McEwen line. And, like, come on. The potential, the hits, the truculence. Can you imagine? With Chicago, like, shedding salary, they're eventually going to, like, get rid of Taves and Kane probably once they talk them into getting traded. Um, It will be that move that sparks, like, an anti-tanking debate. It won't be Chicago purposefully losing games and separating themselves from all their good players, whether they get a return or not. It's going to be, it's just going to be, yeah, they, they're giving risk the line in like 20 minutes a game and they're trying them at forward. Uh, we got to have a fucking Hey, you know what? Out. It worked. It worked for Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson was real bad. They turned him into a center and he miraculously just... became good. And now he's getting paid $7 million a year. So, hey, maybe that's how we get the most out of Risto. It's the reverse Gossip Bear. Just keep, just keep modeling after Buffalo. Everything Buffalo does, you do. Yeah. Uh, except for like, except for trade the good players to to try to you know expedite a rebuild. Don't do and any of that. And get a first ever. overall pick. Yeah. Uh, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do any of that ever. Um. All right. So, so yeah, this is Del- Delorier's winning the, the Gene Hart Award if he stays healthy. This is this is yeah. This is like I said, this is um. What's the what's the award if you suffer a tragedy in the league? You get the the master master ten. The Masterton. This is like if if Dory gets hit by a bus, it's even more likely he gets this award. It is his uh 100%. And finally, the uh Pelly Lindbergh Memorial Trophy for the most improved player. Travis Sanheim won last year, as he did in 2018-19, to become the first two-time winner in the his- history of the award. You know, when a guy is most improved twice. You would think, oh my God! So he took this leap, like okay, one time he took the leap. He's a good NHL, solid, maybe second pair defenseman, and then he did it again. Well, fuck, he must be a super. No, he took the leap back to that. Yeah. It was yeah. oh, he's a he's a good, solid second pair defenseman. Uh, it was just that just no that one else had even close to a case. So they you couldn't had to even they couldn't even bullshit their way into something that somebody else looked showed the least bit of competency last year. So, so I, I will give it to Sanheim. I will say though, this, this is the one award that actually is kind of interesting because there are legitimately yeah. a few like really viable candidates that I could see. I mean, I don't, as I said, I don't think this team's going to be good, but I could see more than a few guys competing for this. Like mm-hmm. I could see, I could see Cam York. You know, Cam York, you know, establishes himself as a top four defenseman. Yeah, he could get this. I, my kind of off the wall pick for this award, 
I'm going to pick Owen Tippett. Ooh. I think I think Ooh. Owen Tippett is going to score a decent amount of goals. I think he's going to be a twenty goal scorer. I don't think he's going to like be amazing, but I think he he created so many chances that last month of the year. I think he finishes on some of them, and I think he mm. gets he gets most approved. But I think he's a possibility. I, I Bill, I know you're going to laugh. If Morgan Frost takes a step, <laughs> he could get this too. He's an option. I was going to say I was going to say Morgan Frost. It was going to be mostly as a joke, but <laughs> I mean. The guy, chance after chance, he eventually, I mean, no, he could just stink. But, like, at some point, he's got to show something. And it could just be another one of these things where it's, oh, hey, let's give him, you know, he, he showed a little bit. Uh, let's give him something. But I, I, I honestly keep forgetting Owen Tippett's part of this team. He looked, he had everything it looked like last year but the finish. Yeah, exactly. If exactly. he just, and, and for a guy with, like, it doesn't make sense. His thing is shooting. Yeah. And he creates all sorts of chances. Mm -hmm. But the shot never goes in. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a one little thing he's got to figure out. That's the thing. I think that's why I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about Owen Tippett is that it did look like he was playing a pretty complete game, and he was doing all the process-related things right, and you know he has the yeah. shooting talent. Like, you know it's there somewhere. It's been there at pretty much every other level. He, it just needs to click here. And I, I think it's a decent bet that it might. He's going to get the opportunity because, like, shit— Chuck Fletcher's still the GM. He Who else got he, play? he got him as the centerpiece in the deal for Claude Giroux. Like they're going to give him opportunity because they kind of have to. Like like this was the big trade and they yes. prioritize Owen Tippett. So they're going to really try it's going to be like like fetch and mean girls like they're desperately trying to make Owen Tippett work. <laughs> like that's that's what this is going to be. So I think he's going to get every opportunity to score a decent amount of goals, and I think he will. I think he'll score like twenty, I, and then he'll get this award. I'd like to, I'd like to point out that all Charlie's nominees were gingers. Um, That's like the whole team. Ginger I, I know. Morgan Frost isn't no. a ginger, is he? Well, no, he's, I know. He, he threw Morgan Frost in there to, to throw us off the scent. Object, <laughs> um, like, listen, everyone sucks. We're down on any everybody. Burn the team down. You know, gritty Satan, etc. That said, oh, no, he's the reason they're bad, didn't he's you hear? Um, all that said, I'm right there with you. Boycott, etc. Uh, Owen Tippett looked like an objectively good player last year. He did. On a team, maybe he was just the only one trying. Like, that's possible. Uh, because it was fucking over by the time they got him, and they traded their only good player to get him. So, yeah, season's over, pal. But... He looked like the best player on the team for stretches of the season. That he like the time that he was here, he looked like one of the best players on the team. Yeah, you know it would be real funny. Mm -hmm. I mean, and this would be like such a like because so to be clear, the Pelly Lindbergh Award is one of the ones that we the writers don't vote on. This is actually voted on by the players, so that the players right? it's yeah. A, yeah, it's a teammate award. It would be real, real funny if like. Like and again, this is this is already a stretch because like you know he's not real. If Ryan Ellis like were to come back in like oh, March God. and play like twenty oh, games, no. and then his teammates <laughs> vote him most improved because he actually played a little. <laughs> would that would that lend credence to the idea that they don't like him 
and they're trying to embarrass him. I mean, <laughs> it would, but it would be real funny as an outsider. <laughs> it would be funny. Uh, I mean, that's that's like the point I've made on a couple. I've done like a couple like podcasts over the summer, and I think I had to do like a, you know, ooh. how could the Flyers have gotten better? And I'm like, look, like I'm not the biggest Tony D'Angelo fan, but as long as Tony D'Angelo stays healthy, he will be an upgrade over four games of Ryan Ellis. Like, that is an upgrade because <laughs> yeah. a guy playing is, generally speaking, better than a guy who can't. No, like, they did, they did almost think. nothing. They did almost nothing to upgrade the defense, but D'Angelo and a full season of Cam York are better than Nick Sealer, Kevin Connaughton, and nobody. Like... <laughs> And Keith, just Yandel. and Keith Yandel. And Keith Yandel. Yeah, of course, Keith Yandel uh, honestly, the worst player in the NHL. nobody would have been better than Keith Yandel. <laughs> no, five, defense, five defensemen would have been better than Keith Yandel. This isn't even a joke. Like, I'm not trying to even disparage the guy. He's the worst player I've ever seen. And I've been a Flyers fan my whole fucking life. I- I've never seen anything like I saw last year with him on the ice. It- 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 the guy had a hell of a career. Good for you, bro. My God. Nice guy. I, I can't imagine anyone being close to as bad as him. Just he played twelve minutes a game. It was like minus seventy. He wasn't on <laughs> it the was and it was not all on the power play by no. that much. That's the thing. That's the and it was all on the power play. Something I think he he he, he, he played handled, like seven minutes a game and he even his Final stats were thirteen point five nine minutes per game, so fourteen minutes per game, and he was a minus forty seven. And it's so uh, like, impressive. You have to give it to him. And how much of that time was at a time where you could get, I mean, you can get a minus on the power play. Yeah, but you're not supposed to. And if you do, it's probably on the fucking defenseman. Probably. Uh, yeah. And, like, and a lot of times it was on this yeah, particular defenseman. He just falls down or doesn't skate because he can't. Uh, like, plus minus is not a, a useful stat in most regards. But when everyone's like minus 12 and you're minus 47, what was it? Minus 47. 47. <laughs> Perfect. So 47. Impressive. The the honored number of 47 in, in franchise history. Uh, so most improved, um, everyone. Kelly, did you give a most improved? No, I'm going to I'm going to say it's Travis Konechny just piggybacking off of Charlie's could, idea that he could. I could see that big time. Yeah. He I can breaks see that. that thirty goal barrier or something like that. Yeah, and he's actually never gotten the award before. So yeah, mm-hmm. I can see it. I mean, he had such a in, shit year last year. Yeah, despite in, leading the team in points. In year like three of his fucking contract <laughs> extension, he gets most improved. <laughs> oh my god! It's great. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Morgan Frost. It's the guy I have the least faith in, and that's that's what happens. Love the, that. It, I'm going to be proven wrong about Morgan Frost, maybe. Who's, who knows? I like Owen Tippett. I think Owen Tippett probably... I would, I would make him the betting favorite for, uh, for this award. Yeah, that is um, a good pick. I just wanted to do this real quick. Contract extensions. Uh, guys with one year left on their deal before they become unrestricted free Oh, agents. my freaking Travis- God. Can you imagine how funny it would be if they re-signed Justin Braun again? Yes, that's oh, that was no. the the whole They're point. The whole point of this. Do that. The whole point of this segment was to make that joke, Charlie. So thanks a lot. Yes, <laughs> yes. I didn't even think of that possibility. No, they will. Oh, they so. will trade him at the deadline and then bring him back again. They'll bring him back. <laughs> it'll be like 
a third, like that'll make it like a third of the transactions he that Chuck Fletcher has made have involved fucking Justin. I heard Paul. you guys doing that bit on last show. That was yeah. great. Uh, but one year before UFA, they have Sanheim, Braun, JVR, and Patrick Brown. Over under zero point five in season contract extensions. I'm gonna go over and say they get one done, and it's like Patrick Brown. <laughs> oh my god! I, I mean, the, the only Imagine. guy, the only guy on that list who they should even consider signing midseason is Travis Sanheim. And mm-hmm. I mean, I know I joked earlier in the show that like they're going to lose Travis Sanheim. I do think in the end they will bring him back. And I think it may be like a Scott Lawton situation where he's in trade rumors leading up to the deadline because they're talking to him and trying to get him to agree to a contract. And if they can't re-sign him, they're going to trade him. And then they eventually re-sign him right before the deadline. I could see it playing out like that. But I think that there's, generally speaking, when both sides want to agree to a contract— Generally, both sides find a way to agree to a contract, and I think both the Flyers and Travis Sanheim want him to stay past this season. I think that's my read. That said, like the Flyers might just incompetent their way out of being able to. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think it's going to be a lack of them wanting to, or Sanheim not being willing to make concessions because hockey players are big dumb, and he will definitely give up money to stay here. But are they? even going to be able to because of all the other bullshit that they've locked themselves into no in season i don't expect it but i mean even so jvr is off the books after this season so you could always theoretically (laughs) can you would that be more ridiculous re-signing jvr (laughs) or re-signing justin brawl it would be hilarious if they did a JVR contract before Sandheim. Oh my god. But like they will have the the JVR money coming off the books that yeah. they I cannot imagine Travis Sandheim and his like career high 37 points commanding more than 7 million fucking dollars. Now, That's fair. you know, Chuck Fletcher doesn't seem to ever counter offer, so he could come in and ask for 10 and he just be like, "All right, well, here's fucking 10 million dollars." <laughs> but I, I I can't imagine it plays out that way. No, you're right. I just yeah fear the incompetence at every turn. You should. They're incompetent. <laughs> like, they have one of the worst teams in hockey. It's very clear. Uh, I want to get to the season point totals, but I do like this what's it going to take to get fans to go back to games thing. So, um, we said at the top, I, I like this idea of the, I mean, in theory, the uh, the four game packs, the month pass, 99 bucks gets you in the door for four games a month. Uh, a couple weeks before the following month, the next season or the next month's schedule is released. You pay your 99 bucks. Boom. Uh, some season ticket holders don't love it because, you know, $25 tickets, they yeah, already can't sell them. their tickets. But mm-hmm. it, listen, if the tradition or whatever of buying season tickets is that important to you, it shouldn't matter the discounts other people get who don't want that, who yeah. don't want every single game, a guaranteed seat. Uh, to be part of the season ticket edge family whatever the fuck it is it doesn't matter to other people they don't want it it's going to be an empty building especially this season like you knew what you were getting yourself into. yeah you're the only one there you got a whole row yeah. you know yeah you, you get talk to go to, your to ticket every rep game. you it's talk not... to your ticket rep and they tried to talk talking into doubling your tickets it, it's not an investment anymore fam like you're not yeah. you can't use this as like a money-making scheme no. and it hasn't been 
No, no. not for a I long had a time. Dude, I had a dude on my men's league team who had like uh, like upper level tickets, and he would try to sell them at like 90 bucks a pop. I was like, bro, sorry, StubHub exists. I will never, ever pay that money for the game. No, you can get tickets like three days before the game for like 30 bucks. Anywhere I just, in the building. Like, I, it's it's a fascinating question because, Kelly, you're the one who posted this on Twitter where yeah. you said, like, we're going to discuss this of, you know, what would actually get you excited about going to a Flyers game? I mean, the easy question is a good hockey team, but I Obviously. mean, Freebie. let's be realistic here. Doesn't seem all that likely. Yeah. So, you know, like, he, okay, so here's here's one of my questions because whether this is intentional or not, what they are seemingly trying to do with players like Ristolainen and Delorier is kind of bring back the hitting and fighting. Mm-hmm. Do you think, because I, am, I have always been very skeptical of this, I think that people like winning and ideally yeah. winning, if, it, was, if it, was, it, it included fighting and hitting, that would be the best way to win in this town. But more than anything, people like winning. And if a team is losing but fighting and hitting a lot, people aren't going to give a shit because they're just going to find other people to be pissed at and other reasons not to go. But do you think there's anything to the idea that if the Flyers lose a lot of games but have two fights a night and lead the league in hits, that they can draw some extra people to these games? I don't. I think that they think so. I don't think it's true unless it's like. Like a cartoon, like a cartoon level of hockey violence. Like we're going yeah, back like, to 1998 Phantoms, Frank Biolois, like crazy. Exactly. And couple that with like, I don't know, $10 college student tickets or something. You might bring in a couple of hundred people on like a Friday night who just want to have a good time. But reliably, no, I don't think so. That's like, yeah, it might bring in literally a few extra people. But in terms of your end-of-year average attendance, it will be an unnoticeable amount if the team, once again, is one of the bottom five and hot. No. Like, that's just, that's just, a, there's no way. Uh, and here's the, like, yeah, we love the hits, we love the fights and everything. Let, let us not forget, um, the Broad Street Bullies littered with Hall of Famers. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bobby Clark, yeah. one of the best players of all time. Bill Barber, 420 goals. Reggie Leach, amazing goal score. Like, these were fucking great teams. Bernie Perrant, literally one of the best goalies who ever lived. I, it's ridiculous to think that it was Dave Schultz. No. Yeah, they, they had an identity, and after they lost in the playoffs and got beaten up by St. Louis, Ed Snyder said never again, and he changed the identity of the team, and that was all very important. The most important thing, were the good players. Right, they had the good players first. I don't know why they can't figure out that it's, you get the good players and then you can fill in with a couple of goons. It's like so we cheap. laid out, it's like we laid out with uh, Tampa. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, then, you know, they had all the superstars and then they went and got Patrick Maroon and Luke right. Shen. Right. Like, yeah, we needed, uh, the Colorado needed to toughen up so they went and got Kadri, who is, you know, uh, that's a nice mix of good player mm -hmm. and dude who will just run you from behind for no reason. But, like, they already had an all-star team and added to it. Right. The, you can't skip a step here, especially when the skip is, step is talent. Like, talent yeah. matters more than ever because they call penalties now. Like, you're going to be on the power play if you're a good team. Uh, th there's just more room on the ice. It's uh, skill 
the skill level in this game is incredible. And if you can't keep up, it doesn't matter how fucking tough you are. Okay. No. So, and, so, go ahead, Kelly. No, go ahead, Charles. No, I, I was going to switch topics, so if you have more to talk about oh. on this, please. I was just going to say, like, I to be clear, I don't think there's anything that they can do outside of making the hockey team good to fill the building. That's not going to happen. But fill I the do, building, no. No, I, I do think that they could make it to a maybe not embarrassing Florida Panthers level of empty if they did a little bit of pandering. And I, someone from the Flyers reached out to me yesterday and was like, why are you shitting on our ticket plan and calling it pandering? And I don't necessarily think pandering is bad. Like, if you're in this situation and you desperately need your fans to get engaged, like, pander to them. Give them what they want. And I do think that there are probably things that they could do. Like, Really good giveaways, like not a fucking like beer koozie with the Flyers logo on it. Like they have to be good. Like it's some good giveaways. Maybe like free kids, like kids under 10 or something free to the game. Then you get the parents in there. You get like two or three kids. Suddenly the building doesn't look yeah, like, like a, a fucking Tuesday against cathedral. a Tuesday against a Tuesday against the Devils. Kids under 10 in free. Like, yeah, uh, no one's going to that game. Yeah, like, you're not losing anything, and I don't know how, I know that they don't really make a lot of money off of concessions, I don't think, I think mostly Aramark makes that money, but, like, you probably get a little bit there. Like, there's stuff that you can do. People might buy some merchandise if they're in the building, but it can't just be, like, here's four tickets to games that we chose for $25, which, P.S., you could get that anyway, because we're going to put you in the assembly room and those tickets are $25, but it's... (laughs) I don't know. I I just I do feel like that there I know people want to say no, I'm there's no chance I'm going. You'll never get me there. And for some people that might be true. But I do think the team could do some things to get fans into the building because at the end of the day like I've said it a thousand times, I'm going to go to games and I'm going to have fun because I really like hockey and I really like watching it live. And there are people like me that exist. You can get them to the game if you make yeah. it worth their while. I mean, the, the key to this whole thing, and I do truly believe this. I mean, there's, so I'll, I'll get into something else earlier, which is the debate I wanted to get into about the team. But, like, this is what they'll, they won't do because, and, and I know why. Number one, because it's money. Number two, because they're investing a ton of money into the Wells Fargo Center. But, like, there is a point where you lower the ticket prices enough, people will go again. Yep. Like, yep. they're not going to do that, but they could. Like, there there's is a there's reason a... why so many people went to Phantoms games. The tickets yeah. were like $8. Exactly. Like, there is a point of lowering the tickets where people who are pissed off at the Flyers will go, you know what? I just like hockey and it's cheap. So, what the hell? I'll go and root for the kids on this team who I don't totally hate. And yeah, they would probably take an economic bath by doing that because lowering the ticket prices so much will make them lose money but the thing is is like at least people are going right and that's the thing if those seats were going to be empty anyway like what are you losing by charging 10 bucks for them if they're well, going to sit I, empty anyway i guess their thought process is that eventually when they raise ticket prices up again a lot then suddenly like people are going to get pissed again but like if they do that when the team gets good people right. will accept it because right. the team is good yeah, like newsflash, yeah, like, you can't raise the ticket prices until the team is good. Yeah. Because Eagles if they're this tickets, bad, people aren't, we're going to have the same problem again. Eagles tickets go up every year. 
people complain for an hour and then go, well, I want to see the Eagles, yep. so they fucking pay. Yep. Like, <laughs> it's, exactly. there's a waiting list. Exactly. And uh, P.S. Flyers tickets went up year over year when the team was yeah. good. No one gave a shit. Yep. Look at Teams the price they are now. Fun. They had to have. Like, <laughs> I mean, just, to the point of, go ahead. No, uh, but but like to it. me that that's if you want the answer as to how do you get people in the stadium to see a bad hockey team, like you can do all the giveaways you want, and you can do all the promotions, and you can throw gritty out there and all that stuff. That's fine. Do all that if, if 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 it tickles your fancy. Do all that. But the answer is as simple as it gets, which is lower the damn prices. And if you don't want to do that, then you just have to accept that the arena is going to be real empty as long as the team's bad. Like, it's just it's just a simple it's just simple economics. Like people Mm -hmm. like it's not that people are like, like, yes, there are some people who are just straight up going to boycott the Flyers. But it's not that people, I think, the for the most part, the Flyers fans would not go to a Flyers game. It's that they're not going to pay these prices to go to a Flyers game when the team is this freaking bad. Yeah. But they might no, pay lesser ones. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. it's all the things that like, I, I did a lot on WIP the last few weeks about uh, why Philly's attendance, when they've been awesome for three months, hasn't picked up. Like, they, they had a game against the Reds last week. There's 21,000 people there. Like, They've been one of the best teams in baseball for two and a half, three months, yet no one's going. Uh, And, like, looking at so many of the extra costs, like, this isn't news to anybody, but, yeah, man, 25 bucks to park? It's insane. 25 bucks to park? To stop my car? Guess what? All your fans are coming from the suburbs. We're talking about Mm -hmm. hockey. Like, they're driving here. It's It's not the commuter sport. Like, this isn't baseball. This isn't basketball. People outside the city are coming to the games. Yeah, and I know they say they have no control over it, but surely they can put some kind of pressure. Well, they have no control over that, but they have control over the prices of everything else. Yeah. That's, Mm -hmm. okay, if I have to pay 25 to park, that's, like, okay, that means, okay, parking or a hat. Well, I have to park, so not getting a hat. Like, it's shit like that. Kids want to get a hat when they're at the game. I can't do that. My kid's not going to have a good time. Like, just little fucking things that make it so simple. And the giveaways, yeah, like, it helps when you have a good team. But, like, the Phillies do bobbleheads. The Phillies do... Uh, they gave out a Zach Wheeler replica jersey to kids 14 and under. Mm-hmm. You know, they've done a couple of these. They did Chase Utley 10 years ago. They've had... The jerseys, like, they're not super nice, but they're cool. Yeah. Like, I'd wear that if I was a little kid, and they, I'd wear it now. Shit. I, I was trying to get one. I was like, you got a 2X? <laughs> like, it's, it's kids 14 and under, so no. Fuck you. <laughs> so, so that that's actually a good lead into the other question I would ask because you mentioned the Phillies and the Phillies in my mind are a fascinating case study because the Phillies, as you said, really ever since they fired Joe Girardi, have been pretty damn good. I mean, they've had their their rough patches. Obviously, they can't lost. beat the Mets, but other than that, yeah, they can't beat the Mets, and apparently they can't beat the Diamondbacks either. That's a the thing. Diamondbacks or some fucking yeah, whatever. But they've been real good for pretty much the entire summer, and yet aside from a couple games. That place is not selling out. There are empty seats, especially in the upper levels. You know, I've been to quite a few games this summer. You can still easily sneak down to lower levels, which I've done on multiple times because there are seats available. It's not a problem. So the question is like any other. The question exactly. The question is, is 
what do the Phillies have to do to convince the fans that they're for real? And this is a great way to segue into the Flyers because my question is, like, look, if the Flyers just stink and they're just bad and they're in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, that's one thing. Whatever, the, the arena is going to be empty because no one wants to watch a terrible hockey team. How good would the Flyers have to be this season? to actually win people back, to convince them that this isn't actually a bad thing and this isn't just fluky and that the team is for real. What would, like, what would they have to do to convince? Because like, the Flyers could be measurably better this year than they were last year and attendance still be awful because everyone's like, ah, they're not going to make the playoffs anyway. Who gives a shit? I think the th- threshold for the Flyers is a lot lower than like the Phillies, much like the Flyers, decade of incompetence. Uh, but people are just like not falling for it with them. I think Flyers fans are on board to be bamboozled. Oh, uh, we are <laughs> always ready. Like I think the threshold is much lower. Like the Phillies, if they make the playoffs this year, whatever next year, I think the attendance will reflect it. Like okay, they finally did it. Now people will go. I think if the Flyers have a decent enough October, November, December, there's going to be people at the fucking games. Yeah, if they, like, win their first 10 games, game 11, there's people <laughs> in the building. See, I'm skeptical. I, I really think that these past couple years have broken a lot of people. I think that a lot of people are just, are just at the point with the Flyers where it's like, you really need to convince me. Like, it's, I'm not just going to come back because you guys go on a little hot streak because we've seen this before. We all still hate Chuck Fletcher. Like, we still think that this team is not for real. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be like the old days. I think they've lost that a bit. I think they've lost mm-hmm. the, the trust. I think the trust factor for a lot of reasons, but primarily because of the extended period of mediocrity, and then they teased fans into thinking that it was finally going to get better, and yeah. then they reached an entirely new level of low. I think a lot of fans yeah. are going to have trouble trusting this team. I mean, I, I could buy that. I think maybe like if it were coupled with the cheap tickets, they could... Yeah, fill the building if the the team I could gets see off that. to a hot start. I could see that if if they because that's something too. The idea of cheap tickets. One of the things that would do, because I'm sure the argument that you would hear from people in the organization is, well, the tickets are cheap on StubHub and like we're still not selling out and we're still they're still not getting a ton to be and that's fair. But one thing about lowering season lowering not whether it's season tickets or whether it's single game tickets, one thing that would do is it would give this organization actually some good publicity for once Mm -hmm. it would be like hey guys we get it you're pissed we've underachieved we've been mediocre to bad for quite a while we understand and because of that we're gonna cut you a break and we're gonna lower ticket prices by quite a bit now they made a big deal about the fact that they didn't raise ticket prices like that's not snappy like, that's not getting anybody excited. No. Like, yeah, you guys are so nice. You didn't raise ticket prices on a team that fucking sucked. You have to do something that legitimately catches people's attention and significantly lowering prices, not just in terms of these, like, fan passes or whatever, but, like, legitimately Mm-mm. lowering prices and making a big deal out of it. That actually, would, yeah. that actually would be good publicity, and this organization is in desperate need of some good publicity. Yeah. They just, I'm wondering 
if all that would do because like with the idea of the trust being broken and so many fans just being like i'm fucking done i wonder if that's one of those all that would do is throw a bone to the people who are gonna come anyway and we ain't doing that because we got these renovations to pay for yeah right so so <laughs> like it, it, we don't care about 500 extra people in the building uh we'd rather keep prices where they are because we'd make more money with them as they are like yeah i, I really yeah. if 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 what you're saying is true and the trust is broken i lowering ticket prices i wonder if that's even a benefit to them financially it, it's a fair um, I, it's a fair point i i, I you know, it it might not be, but what it would be is kind of like a an investment headline. in the future. Because here's the thing. If no one's going to your games for two, three years, like, you're losing the city. Yeah. Like, if people are going to the games, at least they're engaged in the product. If no one's going, like, you're going to be fucked even when you're good again. Because yeah. no one's going to give a shit about the flyers. That's, so maybe um, you I'm, take a hit to a couple of years but then you have a full building when the the team's good. I'm hearing the union are good. Don't oh, think dude. it couldn't happen. Don't think it couldn't happen. Don't think you can't be fifth. Don't think you can't be fifth because you're I, so buried in fourth. It's unfucking believable. I do this podcast and I went to one single union game and I'm already like, oh, fuck, yes, the union are the best. It's because <laughs> it was fun. They're winning games. They appear to have a very likable bunch of players. Like. If the union keep this up, yeah, you're you're dropping a five, fam. Like you gotta you gotta do something about that. All right, real fast, I want to uh, take a look at some points totals that got put out for the season. Uh, the sports books have released NHL standings points totals. Uh, the Flyers are set at seventy six and a half. I just had to laugh because the only teams in the league uh, with lower or same range totals. Arizona, 65 and a half. San Jose, 74. Chicago, 65 and a half. Mm. Montreal, 71 and a half. And Buffalo, higher uh, <laughs> by a game at 77 and a half. Uh, everyone else is in the uh, 80 plus range. And looking at the division, Columbus is the second lowest at 80.5. Uh, everyone else is 90 plus. Uh, Carolina and Pittsburgh both set at over 100, which. All right, interesting on Pittsburgh. The Devils uh, because nine. The Devils are at ninety point five. Ninety, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, look, I, I, I think the Devils will be better, but like that's that's setting their over under at sixty set uh, twenty seven points higher than what they got last yeah. year. That's wild. It's a thirty they're, point. They're it's really a thirty point bank, improvement. Like, yeah, banking on the idea that goaltending was the problem. I guess I don't know. That is really they're high. young. They're young and fun, yeah. but like, are they gonna have ninety-one points? No, I looked at that when I wrote it down and thought, I think Bill's gonna be placing a bet uh, <laughs> on this. It, like, I bet against the Devils, root against the Devils. Guess what I'm doing anyway. Uh, so, um, I just thought, like, I, that, what here's what doesn't make sense to me. They this assumes that the Devils are going to improve twenty-seven points. As a baseline, and Columbus doesn't improve. And Columbus doesn't improve, and they got Johnny freaking Goudreau. Like what? Are, yeah. What? Yeah, Columbus had eighty-one on. points last year. Their total is set at eighty point five. Um, just as a a thing out there, if you're looking for value in hockey, uh, guess what? Bookmakers don't know about hockey. They're focused <laughs> on football. They don't watch it. 
Uh, so if you think you know better, you very well could. Uh, it's definitely on the table that you know more about hockey than the people who run fucking DraftKings. So what? So just, so just letting it, you know. So we've got Caroline is at one hundred two five. That to me is a smash over. They yeah, were mm-hmm. they were at one sixteen sure. last year. I I mean. I can't imagine they don't crack a hundred. And if they don't, if they crack a hundred, all they do is need to have to get another three more points, and then they're over the yeah, over. That's, yeah, that to me is obvious. The Rangers are at ninety nine point five. That's interesting because, as we talked about on the show, you know they were carried by Shesterkin. But I probably would guess they clear a hundred still. Yeah, I feel yeah, like one hundred and ten like last year. Like, yeah, I feel like they will. But the I, but I, that, about, that's the 90, 99.5, that to me is a good over and under because I think you can make cases a, for both. Yeah. Uh, just looking at the totals and like, all right, you know, they're, they're expecting a big improvement from the Islanders. They're at 93 and a half. They had 84 points last year. We've laid out all the things that went wrong for the Islanders. They had 13 or 16 or whatever straight road games to start the season. Then everyone got COVID. It was a fucking shit year. Um, expecting the improvement from the Islanders. Columbus gets Johnny Goudreau. The Devils, if their goalie isn't horrible, you expect them to be better. So maybe, like, I'm looking at these totals, and for the playoff teams from last year, I'm like, uh, why wouldn't they all, you know? Pittsburgh at 102, I'm like, "Eh, I don't know about that one. But I guess just expecting the improvement from the entire rest of the division, it's like, yeah, it's not going to be all 100 or better. For the playoff teams, maybe like it's they're not going to roll through the rest of the division. Ah, uh, I mean, maybe. it was last year was such a weird year in the East where there was just such a clear line between the haves and the have-nots. <laughs> so funny, and, and I don't think it's going to be that obvious this year. Like I think, as I said, we talked about this. Like a lot of teams got better. Like I think the Islanders probably will be better. The Blue Jackets will be better. The Devils will be better. There are a lot of teams in the East that were bad last year that I think at the very least will be more. Ottawa should be better. Like there's a lot of teams in the East that should be better, which means that the better teams probably aren't going to finish with as many points as they did last year. And the worst teams will do a bit better. So I do understand why the, the over-unders are a bit normalized. That said, you know, like, I mean, I would say Carolina over, I would go over 1-1025. Yeah, Rangers, I go over 99.5. Pittsburgh, I might go under 1025. I think they make the playoffs. I don't know if they crack 100 points. Pittsburgh's a tough one. Like, that, I was like... I want to say under, but it's fucking Pittsburgh. I, like that's a stay away in my mind. Like yeah. I, they'll have. I'll bet the under, and they'll have 110 win the fucking division. Clearly, the bet makers think that Washington is going to get worse. Washington had 100 points last year. They have their over under at 95.5. That's interesting. Tom Wilson's hurt. Backstrom's still Backstrom. Backstrom's hurt. Like, yeah, I, I might, I might bet the under on that. If I think the, if, if I think the Islanders are going to make the playoffs, I would probably have to bet the under on that because Washington's, Washington's the team that they push yeah. out probably. Yeah. Yeah. And then Columbus and Jersey just looked like the two most mispriced teams to me. Yeah, just Columbus like, I would go over. I think Columbus, Columbus finishes. Columbus gets no better? I think Columbus really? finishes in like the mid to high 80s. I think, as I said, yeah. they'll be, they'll be competitive. They'll be a competitive non-playoff team, I think. I like the over in Montreal, too. 71 and a half. Um, they were good yeah. for Marty St. Louis. They were better for Marty St. Louis last That's year. true. They were, yeah. I mean, like, like market. Imagine better. if Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki are good for a whole season. Mm. 
They shouldn't be in last place. That's all. Uh, but the Flyers at 76 and a half. They had 61 points last year. Are you expecting this sort of improvement? With the disclaimer that I've never won a sports bet in my entire life. I've not no. made a lot, but everyone that I've made, I've lost. Um, I would probably smash the under. It's just a baseline. Like, yeah, like. I, I put this as kind of like what you said I'm about tough. Pittsburgh. I think this is a yeah. stay away because I think this is right around where they're going to end up. Right? I think they're going to end up right. They're going to be better than last year, but they're going to end up around the mid-70s. Mid That's, to high 70s. I've been saying, I've been saying all offseason, like, oh, I expect 80 to 85 because every playoff team had 100 and they're not going to be in the running for Bedard. But, like, uh, we when we went through the whole rest of the East, it, it like, oh, everyone except Buffalo and Detroit have better rosters and, like, Detroit in a way better spot. They'll probably win more games. Uh, so, uh, I, that's a tough one with the Flyers. 76 and a half looks good. I was hoping it would just be a flat 75, because that would be funny. Uh, <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> close enough. All right, uh, we got anything else? No, no we so. had a pretty, pretty long show, considering it's the last day of I, August. I can't Not believe we did a show of this length, but here we are, fam. This is what we do for you. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. And if you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. Just what you want. Flyers talk. The most important thing going on in this city right now. Uh, all right, that's that, that's the show. I, I really hope you enjoyed it because we're trying. We're really trying for you. Uh, for for Charlie, for Kelly, for Steph, my name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! Who's gonna score hockey goals? Our team! No one does more hockey than our boys. The Flyers! What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple spotify youtube and everywhere you get your podcasts go astros